Welcome to the Totes Faves Battle Dome. This week's topic, reboots, our test subjects. I mean, contestants are. I like the book better. I'm Zara. If I was Canadian, today we would be talking about reboots, eh? I'm Deepu. I'm Batman. Well, actually, I'm Brandon Warner. Battle begin. Round one, the American office versus R. Kelly, Ignition Remix. This one's already going right to the top for me. It was a really good suggestion to you. <laughs> you don't even know how good it is. <laughs> I never knew how to look in my butt in, until I went to college and heard the hit single by R. Kelly, the remix to Ignition. It, it emerged in 2003, fresh from the kitchen, and I'm arguing that it's the third best reboot ever made because you might be thinking, yes, this is a wonderful song. It defines a lot of our college experiences. But Deepu, in what world is this a reboot? Well, the story is, in 2002, R. Kelly was about to release an album called Loveland shortly after he peed on six adolescent girls. <laughs> but then what happened was, is Loveland actually got leaked to the internet. Half of the songs were released, and he decided that he needed to do a self-reboot on his own album. So he took all the songs that he liked from Loveland, rebooted them and remixed them, and then released them on his 2003 album, The Chocolate Factory. And of the greatest ones of this whole reboot album was Ignition the Remix. It's so good that nobody's even listened to the original Ignition because it's a terrible song. But this other one was so great. And I don't think any skanks would meet their potential jock husbands without this like absolute glorious reboot, even though it happened on the time scale of a year and he rebooted himself. And now it's a reboot on the same album. It's um, I think it's a solid it's a solid choice. Uh, so I'm talking about the American office and um because there was a UK office, which I think a lot of Americans might not even know, but it was, the office was created by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant in England. Uh, and they, this was at a time when they were bringing a lot of things over from England. A lot of uh, English TV was becoming American TV. Uh, they still do it t today, but this was like in the prime time for it. And, you know, the first season of the American office was a little bit rough because, you know, they were really just trying to remake and just remake the English office with the different actors. And I think as it went, the American office really found its own voice. And it, as it found its own voice, it's when it became, you know, one of the biggest comedy shows in history, I would say. And, uh, it actually kept must-see TV going for NBC. And really, when you look at it, once The Office ended, comedy on NBC basically ended because The Office was so strong and it could never fill that void. A void that was filled by shows like Seinfeld and Frasier and Friends. And The Office is in that pantheon, The American Office. And I think it's just a really a, a, amazing uh, reboot. It's an actual reboot as opposed to a remake. Now, Brandy, I that was a great argument for The Office. I just have to put out two two things that upset me with about what you said. 
it wasn't the best thing to come from the UK at that time because that was Zara Finley Sherris joining me at Brown University. This is a true so, story. Was it right at the same time? I'm also written and created by Ricky Gervais. So <laughs> yeah, but like polished up with a better ensemble cast as she came to Brown. Um, the second one <laughs> is that uh, I think you forgot about Parks and Recreation when you said that NBC comedy was dead after The Office. But I'm going to let that one slide. Ratings no. wise, Parks and Recreation did not. And I love Parks and Recreation. It did not have, have even close to what The Office did. Um, yeah, but those are neither here nor there. I agree with you. I think um, I was actually looking first to television about what was like a solid reboot of a show. And especially out of all the bombs that have been dropped from UK trying to reboot in America, like The Office is like a source. Skins. <laughs> no, I, I was very close that. to putting. Coupling. I was very close Coupling. to putting uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Battlestar oh, I almost Galactica had that on my list too. On my list, and I didn't uh, because it it didn't. And this is a problem with Battlestar Galactica in general. It just didn't stick the landing. It, it was a very very good show, which had a very problematic uh, last season, kind of like Lost. And The Office stayed strong, and it did something that only really Cheers has really done, which is really changed the ensemble multiple times through its run. It, it, it kept finding its voice and rebooting itself at every th you know, three or four seasons. It would just completely hard reboot with different characters. And each time was just as good. Um, but speaking of changing ensembles, I don't know how many people I know personally and in our listening universe put on different outfits to go to the club while listening to this song define the club and i will say i was gonna say speaking of problematic if anyone, all of r kelly all of so if there were, there were anything to have me just like get over the fact that he peed on many <laughs> underage young women and used to like drive by high schools in Chicago to pick up adolescent girls on the reg. If there was anything to get me over this little fun R. Kelly tidbit, it is the <laughs> remix to Ignition, a song that surpassed its its original to the yeah exactly how Deepu said it was something that I didn't even know the song ex like existed <laughs> because the remix is so much better. And just to put it head to head against The Office, which I love, I love it. It's just some people in the world will argue that the UK office is better than the American office. There's not a single whisper of a soul in the world that would say the original Ignition was better than Ignition the remix. It's like hand down a reboot that like quadrupled in strength when it got released. And I, it's also, I think the remix to Ignition was the, the beginning of the journey of R. Kelly into his song stories, where we learned about <laughs> the after party and the hotel lobby and all the places a young woman could go in his company. And, um, <laughs> and, and, what, and what could happen? And, and what could happen and be peed on in a hotel room lobby. Um, so the journey itself is sort of interesting and fascinating and might put the song ahead for me. All right, so I guess uh, we're picked R. Kelly over uh, a charming show, which <laughs> multiple times made me cry. Uh, I like the English one better. I'm sorry. Um, this is the wild, wild west of uh, Toad's faves, right? You just, you just never, you never know. know. Round two, Batman, the animated series versus R. Kelly, Ignition Remix. <laughs> Oh, um, wow, there's nothing like having to go up against yourself on the second round. 
Um, uh, if you're listening to the podcast in chronological order, as most people do, you just heard my beautiful cell of remix to Ignition. Um, but I'm now going to have to switch gears to an even... Well, so you're, you're proposing that people would just skip around this podcast randomly this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to get to yeah. the end. They're, like, they're dying to know what the Toad's fave is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, those people that read the last page of a book before they even, <laughs> even get to the beginning. Um, but I'm now going to, you know, argue for another great choice, which actually was a choice that I ranked higher in my own. And that is for Batman, the animated series, which was on from uh, 1992 to 1995. Um, I think it was on Fox and it was like they're right after school. It was like, on the WB. Prime time. WB? Get your, come on. I, I, I didn't go that far because I didn't <laughs> pick it based off of what channel it was on. I picked it because it was this awesome reboot of this sort of age old franchise. And I think if you didn't come from like the world of reading comic books. So imagine you had friends in middle school. Um, you didn't I, know I, that. I really have to imagine that I had friends in middle <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah, I know. Me too. We're, <laughs> Especially we're if you a, watched Batman the Animated Series. We're Just in a pretty <laughs> Um, but you thought like superhero shows in general were these like campy, like hokey things. And even the old Batman TV show was like so like wacky and zany. And then out of nowhere, Targeted for Kids was this like super dark, nihilistic portrayal of a superhero. And it like struck the essence of the comic book so perfectly to have a grasp on this darkness that was Batman. And I'm a man that watches a lot of animated TV shows. I'm embarrassed about 95% of them. And this is like one that I can like solidly stand behind and endorse as being like a phenomenal reboot. Because what it did that I think is important for a reboot, which, you know, even though The Office didn't win based off of this, um, and it should have, is that it took something that was at one level. And instead of just sort of trying to recreate that word for word, it really like took the whole franchise into a deeper, darker place. And I think it actually sort of set the foreground for all the Christopher Nolan films. Like, I don't think those would exist without having this sort of one piece of animated series. But I, I personally wouldn't mind if both of them won. <laughs> Our first ever tie. Yeah, <laughs> you to pick one or the other, Deepu. Um, I, I think I, we're in an interesting space where you guys can argue amongst yourselves while I sit quietly and enjoy. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually curious. Um, I realize Brandon is a big bat Batman fan, and I'm wondering how the animated series. You falls. just have to. Are you gonna wait for me just to? Here you want you want to open this floodgate about the anime Batman? <laughs> yeah, no, I want to hear. I'm just on the spectrum of Batman things. Where does animated series fall for you? Top. It falls. Uh, <laughs> Top. <laughs> no, it falls right below Burton's Batman. Um, wow. I wish the listeners at home well, no, could see how much comic, Brandon looked like a than, boss while he said top. Other than certain <laughs> comic books. If I was to do Toad's Phase, you know, there's co other comic books, I think, that are better than the animated series. The animated series, the first season especially, did very good things. And then it evolved a lot of times. There was multiple spinoffs. Uh, it actually led to a Justice League series. And now DC is doing um, direct-to-Netflix and DVD things that are, are good. They're pretty good. Uh, but I don't think they reach the same level as the um, animated series. The animated series uh, did a lot of things right. Like it, bringing in Mark Hamill off of his I career from... Yeah. Almost obscurity after Star Wars and then make giving him the, the, the Joker um, and, uh, all, you know, also with the Joker, it, um, 
the animated series introduced a lot of things that became permanent to the canon. Harley Quinn, who was just in Suicide Squad. This any, was I was saving this for saw, round two. Uh, <laughs> she came directly from the animated series, and that look in uh, in general is inspired by a comic book artist named Darwin Cook, who just recently passed, who uh, came up that beautiful '40s noir kind of style on all the on, on uh, his comics, and they kind of adapted that into the animated series. Um, I think it's good. I almost put Burton's Batman on my list because I think... For similar reasons. No, but right? the animated series wouldn't be what it was without Burton's Batman. Because Bert, it was it was kind of like a real Ghostbusters kind of thing where like Burton's Batman was such a huge hit that they needed to make a, a Saturday morning version of it. And so they kind of... But it did find, have its own... It had its own really dark voice, and I think yeah. the part that really made me interested in it, too, and um, I think from the hit of the, the TV show is when they actually released the two featured films that were sort of like the direct-to-VOD featured films of Batman, and I think that set off like a whole, like, this was the start of a launch of a lot of animated series for DC Comics, which I think they're actually really thriving in the world. Yeah, those early seasons, too, it, it, it it's the only time that certain Batman stories, and it's like, because so, this is one of my big, big problems with the Nolan movies is that you know there's a lot of great batman comics just haven't been told because we have to keep telling the same thing over and over again yeah which is the batman uh batman you know batman's origin story and then batman versus the joker and then batman dying like we have to see that over and over again in these movies and uh the animated series covered storylines that they just that from the comics that were great and it they actually made them work uh so I, 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 well, let's remember, we also have to put R. Kelly into this mix. Well, I was going to say, does the Batman, Batmobile go beep, beep? Yeah. Um, does it go toot, toot? I don't even does think it, go it goes toot, toot. 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 <laughs> and like, Batman never ran his hands through my fro, <laughs> bouncing, bouncing on 24s. Um, um, I mean, I, 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 I'm enthralled to try to figure out which one Brandon's going to pick. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, like, no, I have no like, idea. Like, which enjoyed listening to go? that in silence because it's like, this is a really interesting history lesson. <laughs> I really like this. Maybe the podcast could just become like an oral history of Batman. Kevin Smith, already, Kevin Smith already has that podcast. Oh, already, oh, it's right. Fat Man on Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, I, this is hard, but I do recognize... I was a big fan of the Batman. You watched um, the 1960s animated series. No, but I think series. you watched the animated series. I did too, watch. I do really like it, and I think that is a point in its favor. Although, in remix to ignition. I was going to say the the Batman the animated series. It's everybody's seen it. It's yeah. like embraced by like nerds and just every boys, girls, everything. Everybody loves it. But isn't the remix to Ignition also embraced? I know. So that's I, know. I, I can't use that as an argument. And but the cleverness of the reboot from Remix Ignition is that it actually was an album and he had to reboot the album. Like it's a really novel version of a reboot. That's true. It's a double it's a double reboot. Um I just through the history and the the passion of it. I'm gonna go for Batman, though. I thought I thought I remix to ignition was gonna go all the way to the top, but he ran into a I man like with a bat cape. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If only R. Kelly and Bat really ran into Batman, that would be a great animated series episode. Well, we'll see you remix to ignition <laughs> at, at the hotel lobby after the after party, <laughs> which is in our dreams. Casino Royale versus. Charlie's Angels. 
Oh. oh. <laughs> I wonder who picked what. I don't know. <laughs> I'll talk about Charlie's Angels. Yes, please. <laughs> <Surprise>. <laughs> So my pick was Charlie's Angels, a movie from 2000 starring Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, and Cameron Diaz of the aforementioned Angels and directed by none other than Mick G, a really? guy so powerful in yes. the year 2000 it that was. he was known only by his initials. <laughs> and if you aren't familiar from Mick G, I think which des- this is just describes the movie you know the movie. It spawned a sequel. It was a reboot of the um, 1976 show, Charlie's Angels, on ABC. Um, so 30 years later, they're like, let's do this. And um, McGee was, this I think describes and sums up why I love this movie so much is that McGee was known for directing um, Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth videos. Oh, God, that's perfect. Which is so perfect and could not get more 1999, 2000 from that. And so he did so well that um, Drew Barrymore approached him to direct this movie and direct her because she was interested with um, in producing the Charlie's Angels movie and got him to direct it because of his work directing Sugar Rain Smash Mouth. And he's also known for directing. There was this amazing show that we used to watch together, Deepu, called oh, Fast God. Lane. I'll never forget. Um, that he directed and created that's an absurd, almost like Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Fur- Furious. And that was like set the tone for Charlie's Angels, which is basically an hour and 45 minute long music video of almost like anime heightened levels of sex and violence and ridiculousness. All in slow motion. All like (laughs) partially in slow motion. Like any trend that was a hit in 1999, 2000, like slow motion, um, you know, like seeing sweat drip and that, or like opening a can of soda, like really (laughs) slow. (laughs) That technique was used. And that is just one of the many reasons why I picked Charlie's Angels. Okay, so Casino Royale is the uh, reboot of the James Bond franchise that we are still in right now. Uh, This happened in um, 2006. And what happened was uh, after uh, the Pierce Brosnan years, uh, Bond kind of went off the rails. Now, Pierce Brosnan had some great Bond movies, particularly Goldeneye, but that, that Bond got two 90s. And uh, so when they had to bring it back, they wanted to bring back the tone of the novels and the, uh, you know, the hardcore spy action, bring back the sex, bring back this, the cu- classic parts that we remember as Bond, not a cell phone that drives a car and uh, like a giant ice palace. Like, those, gotta get rid of those kind of things. And they initially intended to keep Pierce Brosnan, but reset everything. Um, but it, it, they, you know, eventually came through that they, if they're going to do this, they want to do it the full reboot. And they went with um, Daniel Craig, who was actually at the time very controversial because he was. Not to the kind of the traditional looking James Bond. He was he was dirty blonde. He wasn't brown haired. And they created with Casino Royale just this. You know, it it, it made it felt like a Bond movie that you'd seen a billion times, but you saw it for the first time. And um, you know, they brought in all these great filmmakers and writers who were um, 
long and storied, and you know we're in Hollywood, but and actually Paul Haggis, if you'd uh, read all the Scientology stuff that came out like a year ago, he was involved. Which we which did, yeah. <laughs> which we all did. Paul Haggis was also involved, but I think it's just it, it. I can't imagine Bond surviving to this time now without Casino Royale, and I, actually I think Skyfall is even better, but Casino Royale is like excellent. So, Deepu, what do you think? Well, I've been really trying to, you know, think about what does it mean to be the best reboot, right? I've been, like, rolling around in my head. Am I picking the thing that I just like the most, which I think is unfair because sometimes brand new things are good. But when I was landing on what makes a great reboot, and this is going to be why I win with my third choice, which hasn't even been discussed, is um, (laughs) I want a reboot to take elements of the original and then really expand on it, right? Or like hide in whatever was working in the original and moving it across. So like as an Asian American, I thought it was really important to have Lucy Liu like bring in some Asians into the mix, which is a form of heightening it. So my like my superficial side wants to pick that, but then everything else you said in your arguments about it actually modernizing the world of Bond was like also a very good modernizing, argument, but keeping you know? but bringing back the original. Flavor. No, grabbing what about like a couple like modernizing elements. Modernizing filmmaking in the year 1999 to really but just actually make it's it funny. feel like it's a two-hour long music because video. Because Casino Royale was a... Is this around the same time? Uh, no, no, but no, but remember 1999, Casino Royale was a reset on what an action movie should be after things went off the rails in the late 90s. Um, like because of Mick G. Because it was responding of Mick G. To Mick G. <laughs> because of Mick G and Charlie's Angels. It just This was the first time, I feel like it's one of the first movies, action movies that was funny and just over the top and fully embraced it. And it's one of those movies today that it's still on TV. I'll just like sit and watch it like a zombie. And that's but, what was you know, interesting because the original. Here's my, here's my question about, as something, I always think of it as a reboot as something that revitalizes something so that it could survive. Right? Oh and no. The James Bond series has, you know, grown and you get Skyfall and you know, like a really amazing series came out of it. What there was a Charlie's Angels too, was there not? Starring there Bernie wa- Mac. Starring Bernie Mac. <laughs> the Mac because, attack was back. Um, Bill Murray hated making the movie so much <laughs> that he never wanted to get near. I think it was Lucy Liu. Specifically Lucy Liu. Specifically Lucy Liu. He could not exist in the same room as her, which is a fun tidbit. <laughs> um, and also though, subtly too, which is all you didn't bring up, is that Charlie's Angels also acted as a foundation for Destiny's Child to reboot <gasps> themselves. Uh. Because they were coming off of an old album without Michelle and Kelly and then released the theme song to Charlie's Angels as part of their own internal reboot. It's true. I might have just made that up, but it sounds, well, it sounds really good. Can I, can it I was one of, I mean, it was one of Destiny's Child's like first um, starting a long line of assigning songs to soundtracks and making them yes. awesome. <laughs> Can I bring up Exhibit A of Jane of uh, Dame Judy Dench? Can I what bring up an Exhibit B of me realizing a that miserable Bill Murray? Yeah, Sam Rockwell <laughs> is very attractive when he dances. Oh yeah, and I wouldn't have known that if had it not been for this movie. He dances. He's like a little disco dance. How are you feeling, Deepu? <laughs> um, 
Oh God, this is this is really pulling at my heartstrings because I think um, logically, Brandon's answer is correct, <laughs> but my heart is like really intertwined with like Cameron D and Destiny, Des- Tom <laughs> Green. They they pulled back uh, cameos from the old angels into the movie. Uh, but Zara, I, I, I don't even like them. I, I, I think for once, the, for the first time ever in the history of Toots Faves, I might go with my brain over my heart. <laughs> it's fine. That's what James Bond would do. That That's exactly what James, what James Bond would do. I yeah. know, but it's not what Lucy Liu would have done. <laughs> or Joey well, def- Tribbiani. He's not even Matt LeBlanc. I just call him Joey Tribbiani. Joey Tribbiani's Joey in Tribbiani. this. Oh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Hubba Hubba's. Yeah, you're just listing a bunch of cameos. I don't hear one <laughs> legitimate um, on performance. That, I will say another example of um, how great this movie is is that on its Wikipedia page, they have a whole section for the soundtrack. But that's more probably yeah. the power of Destiny's Woman. Let's revisit, best, let's revisit best soundtracks and let Charlie's Angels get to the top. <laughs> get to that's the top fair on enough. That Actually, one. I think best soundtrack should be done at a later date. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, can our intern write that down, please? Yeah, our intern... <laughs> Steve Jobs returns to Apple versus Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, so I wanted to mix things up and keep things not just in movies and TV. And I really thought, to try to think of what, um, a a time when something was about to be destroyed and uh, revitalized itself and and built an amazing legacy. And personally, because I I love Apple, I think there's no better comeback story than um, Steve Jobs coming back to Apple, which he did in um, 1996 when... um, He'll put it this way. He was kicked out of Apple in the 80s, the company that he founded, and then went off to form Next uh, Computers and Pixar. And uh, Apple needed a operating system in the mid-90s because it was doing very, very poorly. And uh, Next had an operating system. And Steve Jobs was able to finagle his way back into the company and took it over. And utterly, uh, like, basically, you know, changed up a ton of teams threw away everything that they were doing and established a four-part matrix that was, you know, is something pro, is it consumer-based, and, you know, and then right out off of that, uh, you know, abbreviated, but, you know, iMac, iPod, iPhone, iPad, iTunes, all that stuff came right out of uh, Steve Jobs returning to Apple with his new plan, and what we're doing right now could not happen if not for Apple and Steve Jobs returning to it in the late 90s. So all those products are well and good. (laughs) However, (laughs) um, I picked Little Shop of Horrors, the 1986 musical movie starring Rick Moranis and Ellen Green and Steve Martin. Um, This is based off an off, sorry, based on the off-Broadway musical of the same name, which is with music and lyrics by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. And they're the team who brought you all the songs from The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. And they're incredible and worked with Disney for a number of years. But before that, and the reason why they were hired by Disney was for this musical, Little Shop of Horrors, um, which is so excellent and so funny and smart and is in itself a reboot of the 1960 Roger Corman horror film that randomly Jack Nicholson is in. I have to be honest, I still haven't seen the original movie. I and own I think, it. It's over on the So maybe later Brandon counter. and I will watch it. <laughs> but I think this is another good example, like the remix to Ignition, where 
the thing that was created, the musical and the um, the movie musical, um, far surpassed the original source material. And it's who would thought who would think that a crazy B movie, Roger Corman movie, would spawn such beauty, such art. It's hilarious. The music's amazing. Um, all the doo-wop chorus, everything about it. It's so good. Um, and I think everybody should see it. And I, I think I know Brandon loves it, so I know this must be very hard for him to pick an iPad over this movie. And that is all I have to but say. But I, I wouldn't have watched this movie on an iPad. So Brandon <laughs> picks little shop of horrors on his iPad. On iPad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's found a way to make both of the items go on to the next round. Um, Brendan, I'm surprised you didn't mention the fact that um, not only for Apple as the conceptual company, but for when your Apple computer isn't working, the best thing to do is to reboot it. Like there, it's like a literal, like <laughs> no, you no. literally reboot it. Well, Macs don't crash as much as Windows machines. So Ooh, oh, slam. shame. Oh, oh, big, big burn. If any of us were on a Windows machine right now, we would big feel so bad. <laughs> this podcast would not happen. <laughs> Um, I think it's uh, in the world of Apple, do the different incarnations of computer and device, are they in themselves reboots? Uh, not, no, because I think they're the same. Steve Jobs returning to Apple is think about, you know, the computers were used in school uh, as kids and then think about the iMac. Like it's an utter change to their entire philosophy. He came back and completely switched it around. There's been a, a, a very straight evolution of all those products since Steve Jobs launched them, which I feel like it's like it's a series. It's a, uh, it's like but did that. they change that much when he came back? The, it's night and day. There's no like still computers. The uh, <laughs> Apple was about to die. All it made was beige boxes, and Steve Jobs comes in and creates the iMac, which is a con, one, like one of the biggest products in com com computer history. Well, Brendan, I'm I'm I, interested. I hate how I'm sounding right now. I'm, I'm sounding very stuck up, and I'm sorry, but this is one. Th and then he <laughs> he yelled at his daughter Lisa. And then I'm mansplaining all over. No, but th no, over that's all three wrong. Successive I did acts. not. I did not say. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's uh, made-up Steve Jobs universe. Every couple years, he would yell at his daughter Lisa <laughs> I, 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 and make a new like clockwork. fancy computer. The same things the would same happen. Same thing would happen. But Every just product slightly lunch. different to show that his character has changed. Yeah, until he finally resolves mm. it at the last computer and, and invents the iPod <laughs> just for her. Yeah. She loved music. <laughs> but, but Brandy, I'm interested on in your take of Little Shop of Horrors because you do love it. I love like, Little Shop of Horrors. And we I saw love it together recently uh, on the Off-Broadway Encores. I love Jake oh, Chillin. Are you suggesting that it was such a good movie reboot that they decided to take it Broadway they and if it fills the category of sustaining it Broadway. into the future? Well, no, but they, yes. they brought it back to Broadway after the movie. I, I saw it on, real, on full out Broadway. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, But the movie is so good. And the source material is so good that it becomes, it's rebooted again and again in many different productions and high school productions with no, sad I, little I, I puppet love it. Plants. I love it, but I have to defend my um, topic. That's and right. Uh, little Shop of Horrors is a, very close to my heart. But I have to say that it didn't spawn like a Little Shop of Horrors like. But we movie might not series. have um, Tale as Old as Time without. Little Shop of Horrors and Howard Ashman and Ellen Menken. 
I, I know I love Howard. I love him to death. Uh, but you didn't make the reboot Howard's career. Oh. Which wasn't a reboot. Oh. You made it Little Shop of Horrors. Sorry we didn't all think about people's careers as being reboot. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Brandon sure did. <laughs> what do you um, think, Deepu? You're the tiebreaker. Yeah, you know, I... Um, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's the word reboot having to do with computers that's turning me into this like logical <laughs> monster as opposed to like being this beautiful, you know, coming Whimsy. straight from my heart. Um, but the fact that the word reboot is in original reference to a computer system, <laughs> like something that really is when you look up the um, where reboot comes from, it comes from computers. Yeah, there's something just really yeah. beautiful about um, that involving Apple. And I think, you know, I do like the idea that it is like the, the company did redefine itself and become something brand new from somebody returning. So like it had both this like franchise reboot, a reboot of the software, blah, 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 business, Adam Markovitz. I think name drop business <laughs> yeah, schools previous guest who's now in business school at a market. I I don't know. There's something about me that's finding the cleverness, the 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 literal history, and the like conceptual domains of it to go a little appley. Fine. <laughs> Just breaking hearts left and right. You are. It was directed by the Frank Oz. Oz. I know it's directed by. I, I if I had to argue little Shepel horrors, I would. Okay. To death, but I I I didn't select it. <laughs> oh boy. Freaky Friday versus Star Trek. So of all of my picks, in a way, I feel like this one is the true reboot because this is a re re a movie reboot of an older movie, something that we've become so used to, almost sick of today. But this is where it was done the best, the finest in the year two thousand and three. This 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 selection is this selection. Okay. <laughs> is I think one of the best movie reboots uh, based on an earlier movie. It is Freaky Friday from 2003 starring Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. It is a reboot of the 1976 film starring Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris. <laughs> Disney decided like they were doing this with a bunch. They did it with earlier with Lindsay Lohan and the parent trap. And I almost picked that, but then I really thought about it and it's like, this is Jamie Lee murder. Her, sorry, this is Jamie Lee. <laughs> Jamie Lee murder. <laughs> this um, murdered her career. This, let me let me hear me out. This is Jamie Lee Curtis's movie. Like Lindsay Lohan is in it, and this is sort of I would say close to the apex of Lindsay Lohan's career. Wait, are, are you talking about? Um, Jamie Lee Curtis as Lindsay Lohan or Lindsay Lohan as Jamie Lee Curtis? Because very important follow-up question. Very important. <laughs> Both the roles are performed so well, it's seamless. Jamie Lee Curtis as a teen versus Jamie Lee Curtis in her mom body. But this movie proved to everybody that Jamie Lee Curtis could do comedies and showed everybody how funny she was. And so before this, she was Halloween. She did... Um, she was the mom, or the girlfriend in My Girl. She was like moms and running away and horror and sort of dark thrillers. And this was her first movie where it really showed her comedy chops and opened everybody's eyes to the wonder that is Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Um, it, it's hard for me to even pretend to start arguing with Star Trek in the face, in the face of Freaky Friday. Brandon does think, not even get the floor. I think the only thing that could have maybe compete with Freaky Friday is the Parent Trap. Like that would be the only so one that would make me. I almost question. put both of those in my top three, and then I was um, like, "You're question. being stupid." But just for the format of the show, I will proceed in a doldrum voice to try to argue for Star Trek. <laughs> no, sorry. So this actually was, this This was pretty high on my list and I think for good reason. And mostly because um, I think most reboots try to pander to the fan base that already exists. So you know you've got this group of people that love X, they haven't seen X for 20 years, so they want to see it again. But I thought what was gorgeous about the Star Trek movie that was released in 2009 was that J.J. Abrams decided to take like a lot of the elements of the old and not only introduce them to this like new generation of sci-fi nerds that are existing, but like actually broadened it up to the whole entire audience of the world by making it sort of this blockbuster hit. But the whole time he did it, he still made sure to like keep like slutty green aliens and this like awesome relationship between Dr. McCoy and James T. Kirk. And then found like a new version of dreamy blue eyed, um, who played, who played Kirk? That hubba Chris, hubba. Chris Pine. Chris Pine, right? Like perfect casting choices all the way through the world. But I feel like he set up this thing where it was like, no longer a world in which the jocks beat up Star Trek fans. Like, all of a sudden, the jocks are now Star Trek fans. So there's something about that, like, broadening to the, like, multiple different audiences that I thought made this, like, 2009 Star Trek reboot phenomenal. And the whole time, he did such a clever, like, start of it where he introduced the idea of alternate realities because he's J.J. Abrams and he doesn't know how to do anything else but make alternate realities. But I thought it was such a clever way to like launch a new franchise to say like, oh, we're not going to step on the toes of the past. We're going to use like an old sci-fi trope to make sure that this is like running in parallel, which is again, like I'm pandering to the old while also like moving to the new. Um, but I mean, it's 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 freaking Freaky Friday. <laughs> um, I mean, I was like, speaking of alternate dimensions, what more <laughs> could it be if you were to switch bodies with your mom? And Zara, then you're Zara, in a band, you're in a girl's group. Sorry, you don't even. Like, you know. That's right, there was the whole even. punk rock. Like, she was a punk rock. I was also reading on the Wikipedia, what I loved was that it said the character was originally written to be a goth. And then Lindsay Lohan got to set and she was, it like wasn't believable. Yeah. So they made her like just a little punk rock, like a little bit punky with like a neck choke. I think she had a choker and one of those little bracelets. She did indeed. She did indeed have a choker. Choker <laughs> and like those bracelets with little hot topic ye spikes on them. Now, now Brandy, I'm just curious because you're not Zara and I and probably not indoctrinated with Freaky Friday the same way. That the both of us are. Where what what are you thinking in terms of pits? Well, how dare you assume? I've seen the original <laughs> Freaky Friday many times, and I've seen the Jamie Lee Curtis one probably three times because oh, it's on TV enough. a lot. It's on TV quite a bit. Um, it's good. I'll say it's good. It's watchable. It's one of those. It's it's good for when you know it's a Saturday and there's nothing going on, and you know it's like 10 a.m. And, and you're eating a bagel, and, and it's yeah, been the best day it, of your life. It's fine. It's a fine movie. I think it's no better than like 13 going on 30 or insert any movie. Not, another great movie. Another great movie. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, I wish the show was just list all the great movies that we'd be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I almost have to rescind myself from talking about Star Like Star Trek was my number one, but I wanted to keep the list <laughs> of some variety. Wait, you had this on your list too? 
Remember when I said, uh, should I take something off to, oh, so there's some variety? About, I thought you were talking about one of mine. A little behind the scenes. I do. Should I, should I rethink Star Trek because it's so good? No, 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 no. Star Trek is perfect. Um, you it's said, so boring. It's not. <laughs> how many times have you seen Abrams Star Trek? One time, because it means nothing to me. And I've this seen is, I think it, I'm missing a chip in my brain it, it, where it Star is, Trek does not. It like, is my favorite movie. I know. Period. I, th- I think you have to watch Wait, it. the but 2009 reboot. Yeah, yeah, it's my it is. favorite it makes movie. Him cry. Yeah, I saw it back to back in the theaters because I, I I promised a friend and I waited two months to see it with him and then at five o'clock, three hours before he came into town, somebody asked me if I wanted to go see it. And I just saw it. Wow. <laughs> and then I saw it again. It's also, as it is, the one story is that it's um, one of the mo- most emotional I've ever been, not from what happened in the movie, but my brother always hated Star Trek, and he went to see that. And after we got out of the theater, he said, like, I love that movie, and then started to ask me questions. Sorry, about isn't Star that Trek. beautiful? And as we were walking to the, po- I was walking to the car. I remember I had to turn away because I was like starting to cry because my brother was asking me questions about Star Trek. Oh, it sounds like the time I almost cried when um, I was trapped in my <laughs> um, trapped in my mom's body, and then my mom in my body had to give me a wedding no, toast. None of that happened. And finally <laughs> <laughs> admitted that she loved me and my intended um, her her stepfather. The and only that reason that meant would... a lot to me. The only reason that would never work is because the whole premise is that they're so different they have to see eye to eye. And Zara, you and your mom are not <laughs> you're not different wait, wait, enough wait, to have there, a freaky friend. Wait, 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 is the mom getting married like, in that movie? Part of it is uh, that she's a psychiatrist and she works all the time and she's engaged to a man, so that's part of the wacky hijinks is that um, when Lindsay Lohan's in, Jamie Lee, when she's in the mom's body, the dad's Lohan like going to kiss her. had sex with her stepfather? Well, the same thing happens with the opposite which had Michael Murray plays the guy that Lindsay Lohan has the hot But they're for. not like almost related. Well, well no they're neither of them related. It's both are gross. It's part of the comedic tension. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens. It's wacky hijinks. Wacky base, uh, pretty much illegal hijinks yes. Both oh. ends. Both sides are. So I want I, I'm, I, I'm going to pick Freaky Friday, but I know if I picked Star Trek, it would have went all the way, Zara. I and I would actually, I would be Wait, a little you're annoyed with your that. <laughs> oh, I was from Freaky Friday from the start. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, so I, I really, I really didn't get. I, I pulled back from getting really emotional about Star Trek because <laughs> I thought because you picked Star Trek that. <laughs> You would play the game and oh, try no. to win. Oh no! What do I do? But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Star Trek's really good. Zara, what do I do? Uh, I think Star Trek's Friday. the best reboot. I'm gonna be annoyed if Star Trek wins because it's it's like so <laughs> vanilla. Yeah, I don't, Brandon. I'm really sorry. Like, I, I this is a big upset, Deepu. I know. I didn't know. You. I thought you. I thought when I started off my argument with why bother. I thought you knew that I meant thought that you I was said already... why bother because you hated Freaky Friday so much. Oh no! Compared please. to Star Trek, I was. This is a. This is an alternate reality flipping on its end <laughs> right now. I thought you were on my side, Deepu. Star Trek. Oh nine. I think you guys should switch bodies by is, eat, no, eating no. a fortune cookie. Is Star Trek Nine <laughs> is realize. the best idea for reboot Your that's ever errors. been because it's kept the reboot oh, in the actual canon. God. 
Uh, no one's done so that before. And I don't think Zara's given it a good enough chance. And Zara fell asleep during Star Trek Four. I know it had whales in it, but it was so late. I just don't. Star Trek, I guess I don't but so get many it. people that you know and like will go on about Star Trek forever. Who do I like? Well, no, the, I think the important <laughs> yes, parts are like <laughs> no, you're, lots you're, of people we know like Star Trek. I, I like aspects of Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, but the originals can't be and silly. And so to see oh, you those forgot about Voyager and Enterprise. <laughs> 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 oh, Zara, I, I'm oh god, I'm really torn because I do think it is actually the perfect remake. I think it's the most perfect remake. But the problem is you're punching a really big hole in my argument because I said the whole part of it was that it brought in the audience to everyone. I don't maybe I'll it's just watch, I, I could watch it again. I just that's one of those movies when we had when we list, listed like our top cries. This is one of Brandon's top cries, and I could not name one thing that happened in this movie. Like, oh. if you, you asked me to describe because the, you saw it once because it did not interest me to see it again it, it, I, I just oh don't like no. McCoy and, and Kirk's relationship is so weird it's like campy I don't get it because they're trying to emulate stuff that's brought up in the original series but almost to a fault I think anyways Ugh, you can just pick your Star Trek it's fun oh. no, no, this said is the most heart torn so. uh, totes faves yet <laughs> I mean, like literally, out of all of them, I've never felt so contentious on so many of them. But and Deepu's had to decide a lot of them, even his own, even my own. Where I actually <laughs> want to pick Zara's. Oh, but it's a, it's a really, I don't know. I, I, I wish they didn't line up this way, Zara. I'm, I'm gonna renege. But it, I'll, I will tell you this in the future: if you would have picked um, the Parent Trap, I would have went the other way. So I almost, I'm I surprised almost you didn't did. pick the Parent Trap. I, Freaky Friday is a better movie. Parent Trap, it's a little, it's like a little, like it's for kids and Freaky Fridays for everybody. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee It's murder. for moms and Jamie their daughters. And, but it's just the Parent Trap, her English accent's a little annoying. I don't know. <laughs> Both are excellent. One of whom am I kidding? So, Deepu, you're going with... You're, you're going to make me say it again. Yes, I'm going with Star Trek. I'm going to look you in the eye when you <laughs> say that. I've never seen Zara so mad at me, except for once in college when we worked on a term project together for too right. long. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm liking this. This 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 one actually feels more like the game I've wanted it to feel like. More of a... no, oh, because you're I feel winning. Like there is, no, I feel like there is something I, all, here. My, all three of mine are out. No, I feel like... Um, this feels more like the game I thought the podcast would feel like. I think it's because we don't know each. We mostly yeah, didn't know each other's things. Yeah, because actually, halfway through that, I thought I thought Star Trek was you. No, I didn't realize you both had it. <laughs> Until and I was like, ah, reboot, reboot, reboot. <laughs> it's the reboot. But see, this does. I think this fundamentally <laughs> makes it more interesting when we don't know each other's topics. Yeah. Batman, the animated series versus Casino Royale. Brendan, I, I know you said Deep Bill, but I think this is actually in some ways all the rest of the picks are just Brandon versus Brandon versus yeah. Brandon. <laughs> I think no, it's but, a series of Brandon. Many of them are yours, Deepu. No, I know. Uh, no, I, there are things I, that you also care very deeply about. I'm sorry if I care for things. I think, um, I think, you know, they're both amazing reboots. I'm now going with, okay, like, you know, these are both things that recreated the series. They modernized it. They did something interesting with the tone. 
So now the last question is, at least for me, is the whole idea of like, I think Batman took it further away, like going animated, introducing the whole line of the Justice League cartoons, really like spawning a whole new like generation of media from this one move makes it a little bit more impactful than like the really shitty movies that have been made from the Bond universe since Casino Royale. Also, personally speaking, I, I'm a GoldenEye fan um, and, and still have my allegiances to... Um, the director of Casino Royale also directed GoldenEye. But what's that guy's name? Pierce Brosnan. Yes. <laughs> that guy's name is Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Oh, wait, did, um, is this the one with... Um, is it Eva Green? No, who's the woman in it? Sorry. Um, but yeah, I do want to go back to the fact, though, is that point that I was saving for round two, which is now is the idea that it also generated new characters that were so beloved that they got written into the comics. Like, that's how influential this reboot is, is that it like introduced such wonderful characters that they now like the fact that Harley Quinn is who she is, is from this reboot. So, I mean, it really took something old and like launched something awesome. And stylistically too, Batman is it feels like a complete reinvention of the form. And I remember uh, watching cartoons and there were no other cartoons that looked like that. Like looked dark time. and like really dark it almost and went back to 2D-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like I like them a lot. Uh, I think it, you have to say the Batman series also has the fact that it launched uh, a whole genre of TV, TV for a very long time. And even like Teen Titans Go and all these other oh, shows. Teen shows. Titans Go is so good. That's the best animated cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like they're all kind of evolved from the ideas that uh, animated series brought forward. Um, but I, I think I'll, I'll throw it out there to Casino Royale that uh, you know it's also a very good movie, a, a very good action movie on top of being a good Bond film because it's. He's not James Bond yet in that movie. He's just another guy. He doesn't have his license to kill yet. Doesn't have his gadgets. He doesn't have a lot of things, and still manages to be a pretty, well, very good action movie. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I, I I could go either way. I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, um, I do love Casino Royale. I think it is my favorite of the Bond movies because I remember Eva Green being so beautiful um, and a good adversary Bond girl. Uh, and it was this play, this one also had lots of really cool locations. But I, I don't know. I feel like Batman the Animated Series did more with its reboot than Casino Royale did. Because I, at the end of the day, it's still a Bond movie and it's cool. But the but anim, Batman the Animated Series, it sort of reinvented the had like the Saturday morning cartoon. Ah, so our intern got back to us and Batman the Animated Series premiered on the Fox Network's children mm -hmm. block, Fox Kids, um, in 1992. And that was afternoons at 4.30 p.m. That's oh. right. But then it later moved to the WB. In 1997, following the end of Fox Kids' five-year exclusive broadcast contract... Oh, the, the podcast is getting really interesting now. Really? The series <laughs> began airing the reruns in the WB's Network's Children Block Kids WB. Yeah, because uh, it's strange, because Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. So it's... Uh, we probably have memories of different ones because you're so young and me and Zara are old hags. 
<laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, I think I, I only also only responded to Catwoman, so the episodes without her, I don't know if I watched them. You didn't like how Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn had like a gay thing going on. I, that did not. I did not. That went over my head. I was very. You must naive. know about that, right? Deepu and like the deep internet uh, shipping between Wait, the two. Wait, why of would them. I supposed? Why? Why should I know about? No, that? I feel like that's. It's not. <laughs> no, What's like that's supposed to mean? That kind of fanny, fanny kind you know, of like thing. Weird, dark internet. No, no. Weird people They're, stuff. Like weird people. <laughs> no, um, I was really into the. That's the first cartoon lesbians I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Peppermint Patty. <laughs> oh. oh. She was the first cartoon lesbian. She was a trailblazer. I've, I've said that before on the podcast. So I have to stick Deep by it. said it once, he'll say it again. <laughs> Peppermint Patty is a trailblazer. <laughs> Star Trek versus Steve Jobs returns to Apple. I like almost don't care about the answer to this. <laughs> I know. This is the first time in the podcast that I feel like somehow I, I feel like we're ostracizing you, Zara. Like usually it's I, mine and Zara's brain are synced, making Brandon feel bad about himself. Yeah, no, this but is you guys like, are... some, Usually Zara gets like at least two of the top five. But I will time. listen to your arguments so you can try to convince me, although I do love a Mac, so. Um, well, did you want to start? Um, yeah, I'll start. Um, both of these are very dear to my heart, um, like Zara. Oh, um, don't try that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, um, you know, to argue the Steve Jobs thing, it's that um, that is a defining moment in history, and uh, all of our lives have been changed because of it. Uh, Star Trek is my favorite movie uh, and it created a, uh, a reboot-a-thon that we're still not out of but after this year's summer blockbuster uh, bo- uh, box office uh, probably will be out of it by next year. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the, the Steve Jobs returning to Apple will have more waves although I feel Star Trek will never go away. It will be around forever. Um, I'm going to just, Zara, I just need to tell you a a quick story about the new Star Trek movie. Okay. I was actually just on Wikipedia refreshing myself as to what happens in the movie. I once had this really dear friend, like a collaborator of sorts, and he loved Star Trek and his brother never used to get into Star Trek very often. But after seeing the J.J. Abrams movie in 2009, (laughs) at the end of the movie, he turned to his brother and said... I love this. And then finally, Are him and his brother can reconnect with each other. Are you just retelling my story or is this another oh, oh person? Oh my God, that was you. I forgot. No, that was all joking aside. I think what it's going to come down for you, Zara, is whether you're going to go with like hyper conceptual idea of a great right. reboot, which I think the idea of the Apple reboot is a really interesting Perspective or now realize that we're into the final fours and sometimes straight streets got to go straight street. I'm <laughs> and Star only... Trek is just like a solid <laughs> reboot. I know you might not have liked it, but like arguably if you had 100 people in a room that watched the old Star Trek TV show, maybe five of them would have endorsed it. And then if you like jump forward to 2009, 
pulled a hundred people and like 85% of them would have liked it. You know, it, it brought created, in the audience. Yeah. It brought in the audience and it created new fans for the franchise. But I, I do but like the, the same, idea of like the creativity of Brandon's response, but I also just love brotherhood. So I don't know what to do with that. Well, I also feel like the, um, in a way, Star Trek created a monster of reboots. <laughs> it created the era of reboots. It did. It really did. And it did it well. And then it created this whole thing of like... It also brought back Star Wars. No. Very directly. Yeah, because J.J. Um, Abrams got the job of Star Wars because he did so well on Star Trek. Well, now I have to pick Star Trek. Zara looks very upset. And Zara I'm loves fit. Star Wars. I love Star Wars. And BB-8. BB-8 wouldn't exist. I'd, I'd like BB-8. That's not the only thing I like. <laughs> but the, um, wait, that might change everything. I mean, it's almost like it created evil and li- lightness and darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Star Wars. Like the Force. Like Star like Wars. Force. Yeah. <laughs> like Star Wars. The better franchise. Um, no, but you are right, Zara. That is a really interesting point that it did like spawn the generations of now everything's getting rebut. Rebut, which has reached peak rebut this summer where it With was the Fuller first. With Fuller House. <laughs> with Fuller House, but also it, just at <laughs> the box office, finally reboots and sequels are making. I, lo- I love the idea that Star anymore. Trek, you can draw a very clear line between Star Trek and Fuller House. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like, let's let's do it again, and <laughs> it'll make some money. <laughs> well, this is the first summer where it stopped making money, and so na- going forward, there are going to be fewer sequels made and fewer reboots. Sequels are fine. I think you can make as many sequels as you want. It's all this rebooting. And I think, like, one of the worst uh, offenders was that Egypt movie that came out recently, the Gods of Egypt movie. And a lot of this is just to make um, money in China, really, because they... They love reboots. So is this for Star Trek or anti-Star Trek? I, I have to argue Steve Jobs, so I'm just playing with you. But mind I think a it's bit. for it because I'm arguing for Star Trek. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm only picking Star Trek because your pa- both of your passion for it is enough to make me maybe want to watch it again, but more for the reason that it gave J.J. Abrams Star Wars. Okay. And that's a good enough reason for me. Batman, the animated series versus Star Trek. So two Deepus. So Deepu, battle yourself. Uh, I would like to start this fight around with Deepu. <laughs> is this a first? Is this a Totes Faves first? This is a Totes Faves first because I'm usually a Totes Faves loser. <laughs> and I don't know what No, but I also think it's happened. a first where the two are belonging to one person. Not even. Yeah, I it's, know. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so I would say just we all the, all the evidence is out there. There's nothing new to put in the world. I think we just have to vote with our hearts. Um, and I think we should start with my vote because I won. Is... Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Batman, the animated series. It's Batman for me. You know how I feel about Star Trek. I just got, got through on a <laughs> Star Wars. I think Zara has to re-see, has to re-watch Star Trek. Um, but I want to watch Batman. I want to re-watch Batman more. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> just like a how many seasons did it run for? It was a lot. I was just in, reading. Uh, I think like 90 episodes. Yeah, they're no, yeah, there's something like that. The intern uh, told us 90 episodes. The intern, yeah. <laughs> I think her name's Sheila. <laughs> She's great. She's great. Not counting the, you know, um, 
the spinoff of the Justice League and what were the other ones? There was a bunch of Young Justice. The Flash has its own animated series. Yeah, no, but there were had a few, movies. Um, spinoffs of just because then wasn't there like a Batman and Robin, one? Batman and Superman? Oh, there was also a Batman in the future where he. Batman like Beyond, Bat- Batman Beyond, which, which was is also very a spinoff good. of of Batman the Animated Series, yeah. and um, Corey's brother from Boy Meets World uh, plays uh, the, the plays Batman. Oh, I loved him, Will Friedel. <laughs> oh yeah, name. he's I like a for, a he's forever a teenager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I'd be comfortable with that, um, and uh, maybe we can come back and say. Uh, on the next couple episodes and see if Zara has watched some more Star Trek. <laughs> and I'll weigh in. It'll be Zara's Star Trek corner. <laughs> what do you think oh, now? that's a nice segment. We're looking for new segments. <laughs> Sheila, write that down. <laughs> Test complete. The Totes Faves reboots are number five, Freaky Friday. Number four, Steve Jobs returns to Apple. Number three, Casino Royale. Number two, Star Trek. Number one, Batman the Animated Series. Commence fave of the week segment. I'll go first. Okay. My fave tote, tote fave of the week. Um, I partially owe to Deepu for ages ago telling me to listen to Bitch Sesh podcast with Daniel oh, Schneider so and Casey Wilson. And finally, I will say thank you were the first person to tell me about it. And then it took weeks later to coworkers of mine were like, you have to listen to this podcast. Um, and I finally did. And I got Brandon to listen to it as well, who's barely watched any Real I've Housewives. I've listened to a few. I'm not religiously listening. He's not, no, but, but he's I'm like familiar. Listen to at least two in my company. And it's so good. And that is my favorite of the week. But, but in addition good. to that. I'm not, I'm not, that's not to say that it's not very, very good. I just don't it's so great. know the topic and, um, as well. Everyone should listen to it. Well, did you say that it's a Real Housewives podcast? Sorry. It is a Real Housewives Bravo-related po- podcast by two comedians, uh, Casey Wilson and Daniel Schneider. You can listen to it on iTunes. And one of the reasons if, that I love it so much is the amazing fan community who call themselves the Whispering Aileens, which is <laughs> a portmanteau of the Rosé Whispering Angel, which is a beloved Rosé of Bravo and the Real Housewives, and Aileen too which is the name of Kyle Richard's store on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And they are a passionate group. They are a hashtag safe space. And they have a secret Facebook group, which I think, I mean, I'm allowed to talk about it. It is secret, but it's amazing. Well, what happens inside of it? What happens inside of it is secret. It's a hashtag safe space, as they would say. But um, being a member of this and following along is so fascinating and it's people sharing their encounters with housewives and random people from Vanderpump Rules and Southern Charm. It's people sharing their like they that they got engaged and they just want to have people go yay and like heart emoji them and it's wonderful and it's such a delightful I've never I guess I, I have I've been on the periphery of fan communities but being a part of this Facebook group makes me feel like I'm under a waterfall of housewives fandom. It's just both intense and beautiful. Um, I would love to follow up on that because the the my favorite part of actually the the podcast pitch sesh is um, you're sort of just seeing two friends be normal humans and hanging out on the radio, and I sort of like love the juxtaposition of like 
here are these two phenomenal comedians, but they're just being like real just about the real off. housewives. Um, and I picked my favorite of the week off of a very similar thing of just watching people be real humans um, on on media. So my favorite of the week is uh, Stranger Strings with the cast of Stranger Things. So this was a bit they did on the Jimmy Fallon show where they took uh, the four kids from Stranger Things, which is a phenomenal television show on Netflix. And they just have them playing like a silly game with silly string. And you see these like four adorable kids just being adorable. And I think they actually became friends on set. And they're just like acting like kids instead of acting like Hollywood robots. AKA Dakota Fanning and Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> like, this is the other side of <laughs> and just Lindsay like Lohan. seeing like exactly Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> they are none of them are poised. <laughs> they're, no, they're just they're like just wacky yeah, and like are not so behaving cute. the way you're supposed to behave on TV. And it's like nice to see the juxtaposition of like real adolescence and television. So I um and by proxy I get to promote Stranger Things. So it's Which like a double so a double whammo. Um so mine is just a concept of um, Bluetooth headphones. Uh, not any in, in particular, but I think it's become a big uh, hot button issue right now about headphone jacks disappearing. And if you haven't, tr- I'm just saying if you haven't tried Bluetooth headphones, um, maybe you wouldn't complain as much about headphone jacks going away because uh, I've made the switch to Bluetooth headphones uh, about a year ago, and I dislike when I have to use wires. Now I find it just barbaric and strange. Um, it's just wonderful not to have to deal with wires. I hate wires. They're the things that break on everything first for me. I massacre wires for some reason. Um, but I know Zara just got I just got Zara Bluetooth exercise headphones, and they're amazing. And I can vouch for them. And they were something. <clears throat> It was one of those great presents where it was, it, it's something I would never think to buy myself and I greatly received them and it, um, it's amazing. It makes all the difference in the world to run with uh, Now, wi- an interesting note headphones. about them, I heard that there actually hadn't been any USB wireless headphones except that Steve Jobs got into a fight with his daughter <laughs> and then he was yeah. like, how do I make up for this? And he may be gone like this, but that argument had such an effect, a rippling effect. <laughs> that he made USB headphones. All right, I did not pick Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, bring it on home. So, Deepu, uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on the Instagram, which I really never use, um, at VP Marty. You're really selling it for us. Um, but I've been using Twitter <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so you can also follow me on Twitter and get updates about papers on dopamine and memory and now schizophrenia. Um, I also started doing improv in the Pittsburgh community. So if you're a local listener, I am on a house team at Steel City Improv. So you can check out their website uh, for showtimes if you want to see me do some improv. Deep, I have a question. Um, now, have you seen or like... Has anyone that you know been in one of the new uh, autonomous Ubers in Pittsburgh? No, they're pretty sparse, but I will absolutely make that my favorite of the week the second I step foot in one of them. Okay. (laughs) We want a full report once you step in an autonomous Uber. Yeah, I'll get some real-time footage of it, too, that we can post on the old (laughs) website. Okay, thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at ZaraFS. Um, you can follow Dana Scully and her style at Dana Scully Style on Instagram. Uh, you can watch 
Watch It Happens Live on Bravo Sundays through Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern to see some of my handiwork. A lot of your handiwork has some. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, A fine dusting. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at BB Werner and my uh, YouTube history videos at youtube.com slash laughing historically. And, you know, subscribe to this podcast uh, if you haven't. I don't know how you'd be listening to this if you haven't subscribed. Uh, and um, review us on iTunes. That helps us a lot. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll have more of these soon in this new looser format. <laughs> Streamlined, pure <laughs> format, which is a reboot in itself. Yes. Someone should have, we should have put this in our choices. The reboot oh, of this podcast. That's a good closing quote. <laughs> <laughs>